0: We're in Revelation 19 today. If you have your Bibles, go to Revelation chapter number 19, talking today about heaven's big day. Uh, heaven's big day. What a day that's going to be. Uh, you know, you say, what's the big day? Well, for me, one of the biggest days of my life is December 15, 1990. And uh, the second greatest miracle happened in my life on that day. First one was when I got saved. Second one was when I got married. God did a miracle and uh, uh, gave Bonnie a heart that... Uh, fell in love with me. And so I'm grateful for that. And, uh, but I was thinking about the day that we got married, that, that big day, uh, uh, and how it all went down for us. I, I remember uh, meeting with her dad and asking her father if I could marry her, and, uh, and it took him two hours to tell me yes. And uh, he was a federal judge, and so it was an occupational hazard, uh, uh, but it took him a little while, and I was like, man, I started sweating. I felt like I was a criminal just sitting in front of him for asking his daughter to marry him. But nonetheless, uh, he said yes, and uh, and we had a two-year engagement. Now, during that period of time, during those two years, it was a period of, of really uh, preparation and anticipation for us as we were looking forward to that special day, right? And uh, it was always on the radar. Once it was said, it was said, and, and it's like, it's coming, it's coming. Well, Bonnie actually made her dress, and so she did all the pearls and all the glass beads and put them all over this dress. In fact, I couldn't sit still long because uh, I'd end up with, with uh, glass beads. Uh, she put it all together, and so over the next couple of years, she was uh, working and getting it ready. We, we, pr- pr- uh, we planned it all out. We had all the music picked out, Uh, We did all the, you know, when you think about a service and on that big day, you have special songs, and so we had some special songs. We'll build a household of faith, you know, we'll build a household of faith, and uh, that was one of our songs from back in 1990, and uh, 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 I Will Be Here was a Stephen Curtis Chapman song. Uh, I Will Be Here was another one of our songs that we sung. Uh, I, we didn't sing it, but they sang it. And uh, 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 cherish, I Cherish the Treasure was another song. And and then the big moment came. So so, so here's how it worked out. I walked out there with a the preacher, and I was standing there. And uh, we had a trumpeter play whenever uh, she walked in. So the doors had closed at the back, and all of a sudden... <laughs> right, and so I'm standing there, and the door's open, and uh, I, I mean, in that moment, in that moment, it was the weirdest thing that happened, because I was standing there, it was like my heart jumped out of my chest right there, my mouth got dry as the Sahara Desert, my armpits were like the Amazon rainforest, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> what do I do, and uh, and, and then all of a sudden, we got, we, we, she came down the aisle, and we had this special service, and after the service was over, man, we had a Crazy celebration with so many friends and family, and it was an incredible day in our life. But let me tell you something. This morning, we're talking about something far greater than any wedding that will ever take place on this planet. One of these days, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come back and call his bride home what a day that's going to be the church today is the bride of christ and this text this morning is talking about uh heaven's big day it is going to be a fantastic day revelation 19 beginning in verse number one read with me as we talk about this party hey listen it's already been planned are you excited are you anticipating that day it's already in the books ready to go The Bible says, here's what's going to happen when we get there. After these things, I heard something like a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God, because his judgments are true and righteous, for he has judged the great harlot who was corrupting the earth with her immorality, and he has avenged the blood of the bondservants on her. And a second time they said, Hallelujah, her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who sits on the throne, saying, Amen, hallelujah. And a voice came from the throne, saying, Give praise to our God, all you his bondservants, you who fear him, small and great. Then I heard something like the voice of a great multitude, and like the sound of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Lord Almighty, reigns. Verse 7, Let us rejoice and be glad, and give the glory to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he who said to me, uh, he, he said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are true words of God. Then I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, don't do that. I'm a fellow servant of yours and your brethren who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. In other words, what is the spirit of prophecy? Simply meaning this, when all this prophecy is all about him. This book, this letter that was written, we said it when we began uh, this letter some several months ago. Uh, and, 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 and and the spirit of the prophecy is this. It's all about Jesus Christ. It's a revelation. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. In fact, when you're reading through this book of the Revelation, what it should do to us is simply exalt Jesus Christ to the extent that we would say, oh my, what a Savior. And, uh, and so this morning we're talking today about the big day, In heaven. When you're talking in the New Testament, we walk through the New Testament, we see several different uh, uh, terms used to describe the church, talking about uh, the church. When you're reading through Scripture, you'll see that the church is referred to. As the family of God, right we 're a family, and I 'm grateful to God for that. In fact, if you 're visiting with us, we strive hard uh, to make this a family when you come into the family. you know in other words, the good, the bad, the ugly, we 're all together, and, uh, and I 'm grateful to God for family environment. Not only is it called the family, it 's also called the body. Of Christ. In other words, we are connected to one another. Jesus Christ being the head of the body. But we're also called the body of Jesus Christ. But then scripture also says this about the church. He says, you know what the church is like? The church is the, church is the bride of Christ. That's who you are. The church is the bride of Jesus Christ. When you're talking about uh, the bride of Jesus Christ, in fact, he gives us... Uh, In Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse number 22, a picture of Jesus Christ in the church, but he uses, again, husbands and wives in this passage. He says, Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all of her glory, having no Spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall be joined with his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I'm speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Talking about this this, this bride of Christ, the groom and the bride. In order to understand it completely, uh, you go back to the first century and look at the Jewish weddings. And when we're talking about Jewish weddings in the first century... Uh, there were several aspects to uh, the wedding. The first one being that of the betrothment or the engagement or whatever you might like to call that. And that was when the families of the bride and the groom would negotiate the terms and the husband's family would pay the dowry for the wife, the payment for the wife. And that's when Jewish young fellows would go to work, and they would make sure that mom and dad didn't get a blue light special. But nonetheless, uh, that was a joke, all right? So, so uh, <laughs> what we had is we had a dowry that would be paid. Now, they would, they would sign legal terms to the extent, and it was legally binding at that point, to the extent that you would have to go through a legal divorce in order to have a separation from that period forward until wedding day. All it was was simply a planning and preparation period anticipating that day when the two would become one flesh. And that's exactly what has already happened for the church. When you're talking about the church, Jesus Christ paid the price on the cross for you and for me. The price has been paid. He has pledged his love to Us. And I'm grateful to God for that. In fact, the Holy Spirit of the living God is his pledge, signifying again that this is a done deal. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, the Bible says it like this. In Ephesians 1, verses number 13 and 14, the Bible says, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, uh, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. Who is a pledge, who's given us a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise and his glory. In other words, he has pledged himself, given us the Holy Spirit, looking forward to that day when we see the groom face to face. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 2, the Bible says it like this. For I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy, for I betrothed you to one husband, so that to Christ I might present you as a pure virgin. And so we have this engagement or this betrothal period, and that's exactly where we find ourselves today as the bride of Christ. One of these days, he's going to come to take us home. And that was the second aspect of the Jewish wedding, when the groom would go and pick up his wife and come to the home that's been prepared for her. In fact, the Bible tells us over in John's Gospel, John chapter number 14, and the first couple of verses in John 14, it says this. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. And my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. One of these days, he's coming to take us home. And what an incredible celebration that will be. Uh, The final stages being that of consummation, when you're looking back at the uh, 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 Jewish weddings in the old te- or in the first century, the church one day is going to be presented to the groom. What a day that's going to be! The bride of Christ, and when you're talking about the bride of Christ or the church, that would be the saints, the, the, the saints, the people that got saved between Pentecost and the Rapture period. And we're going to look at that as we move forward in our text today but that would include you and me. If you are saved today, you're a part of the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ, the church today. And what a day that's going to be. You know, when you're talking about this party, it's already been planned out. The Bible says there's going to be some singing happening on that day. In fact, heaven is a place of rejoicing. There's great rejoicing. There is singing in the presence of God Almighty in heaven. The Bible says there's going to be this party that takes place. The big day, heaven's big day, when the bride comes home, and there's going to be some singing in the first six verses of our passage say this there's going to be a song with four different stanzas and the four stanzas when you're looking through this passage of scripture are are all surrounded by the word hallelujah hallelujah when you're talking about hallelujah we use that word a lot of times hallelujah hallelujah and hallelujah is a compound word and it's made up of two different words and hallelujah simply means this Praise God. Praise God. So the question's got to be asked. When you're talking about singing a song of hallelujah, singing songs, what are we singing? What are we praising for? And that's what we see in this song. For Stanias, Stanias, Stands us saying, hey, praise God, and here's four reasons why you praise God. Hey, interestingly, though, uh, there's a difference, uh, again, between marriages that we see and marriages that are going to happen in heaven. One of the big differences that we see between marriages today and marriage that's going to take place one of these days in heaven would be this. The focus, the focus today, if you go to a wedding today, the focus is sitting on the groom. i'm talking about i mean the groom just kind of stands behind a preacher up there and uh and all of a sudden everybody's like where's the bride when's the bride coming and she comes walking in and there's a special song you know here comes the bride or whatever yeah i mean we have song we have songs about the bride i've never heard a song about the groom here comes the groom into the room or whatever i've never heard a song sung about a groom now when we get to heaven when we get to heaven it's got nothing to do with you and me it's got everything to do about the groom the songs that are sung is simply to the groom because it's only because of him that we even have that day of celebration and so these songs that we talk about are songs about and to the groom first of all he says praise the groom praise god Number one, because of our great salvation, because of redemption, the Bible says in verse number one, after these things, I heard something like a loud voice, a great multitude in heaven saying, hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. In other words, praise God for our salvation. Philippians chapter number one, verse number six says it like this, listen, for I am confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus praise God aren't you excited about that day even today even today we sing songs about our salvation and we don't even have the complete picture yet what all has he saved us from and exactly who is the one that he saved us to now we've heard but one day we will see What a day that's going to be. I mean, even today, I'm a satisfied customer. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about talking about salvation. I'm excited about singing songs about my salvation. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Aren't you glad that now I can see? Aren't you thankful? We can sing songs, man. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply staying within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. Do you remember that? <laughs> and from the waters he lifted me, now safe. Aren't you thankful for your salvation? We sing songs today about our salvation. Why? Because, man, it is exciting to be saved. But what a day that's going to be when we stand in his presence and we see the one that paid the price. We see the nail-scarred hands. We see his eyes. We see him and we can feel him and we know that, man, here's the one that saved me. There's going to be singing in his presence on that day. I am looking forward to that day you say i'm not a good singer you don't have to be a good singer you just got to have a song in your heart to sing and so my question to you today is do you have a song in your heart are you excited to be saved this morning praise god number two praise god for his retribution verses two and three because his judgments are true and righteous for he has judged the great harlot who is corrupting the earth with her immorality. He has avenged the blood of her bondservants on her. And the second time they said, Hallelujah, her smoke rises up forever and forever. We just got through walking through chapter number 17 and chapter number 18, where God Almighty dealt with the Antichrist and his false religion and the Antichrist and his one world government, corrupt government. And he says, man, I have destroyed those things. They're not going to be around any longer and so he says praise god for his retribution aren't you thankful that we have a god who is merciful who is gracious but he is also just it is good news that we have a just god the bible says in romans chapter 12 verse 19 through 21 it says never take your own revenge hey listen god sees everything god knows everything And so many times in our own pride, we want to stand up, knock somebody's block off. Never take your own revenge, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink, for in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. God help us leave room for his vengeance. Because on that day, he will repay who needs to be repaid. He is a just God. And aren't you grateful he's a just God? I mean, think about the justice of God. The justice of God means this for you and for me. If you are saved today, he's a just God. Therefore, there's no such thing as double jeopardy. In other words, Jesus Christ on the cross paid the price for your sin. We don't have to pay it anymore. It's already been done. It's already been judged. And he's just. I'm thankful for a just God. And so we sing songs about, again, his retribution. And in a day when the world is unraveling so quickly, in a day when there are so many false religions, and in a day when the government is incredibly corrupt, and I'm not just talking about our government, I'm talking about government around the world. Praise God for his retribution. But then it goes on into verse number 4, and we see a a, a group of people just simply saying, man, just praise God. And the 24 elders, which represent, again, the church. As we walk through, uh, we have seen the church in the presence of God Almighty singing praises. The 24 elders and the four living creatures talking about uh, these angelic beings fell down, and they worshiped God who sits on the throne saying, amen, hallelujah. In other words, they just simply said, hey, we're in the presence of the Holy One. Therefore, we will just praise him for who he is. Not for all that he's done, although he's done a lot, and we're grateful for that, but just simply because of who he is. Have you ever taken the time in your life when you just set aside time to sit in the presence of God and just praise him for who he is? I mean, so many times we want to thank him, and that's great. That's great to be thankful and go through and count your blessings and thank God for the many blessings that he has given. But praising God because of who he is, because he is the creator of life. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. And aren't you grateful every time you see a sunrise and every time you see a sunset or you walk out and you see stars in the sky and he moves your heart. Just say, man, praise God for who you are. You are the creator. You're the sustainer of life. You are my healer. You are my strength. You are my comforter, you are my strong tower, you are my victor, you are my peace, you are my joy, you are my life, you are my all and all, you are my friend, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who was and is and is to come, and forever and forever and forever, they're around the throne of God singing praises simply because of who he is, and he is worthy of praise. Aren't you excited? What a day. What a day that's going to be. You know, there's some people, I just wonder. Sometimes I just, I seriously wonder because we gather together with saints together and we sing praises to the one to whom praises do. And you look around and you think, like, man, we're not even singing. Some people aren't even singing. It's like, are you looking forward? How, how can you look forward to what we're talking about? I mean, he's worthy today. Not just one day. He's worthy today. And has your heart been moved? Have you been saved? Rejoicing. But praise God for, also for his reign. The fourth hallelujah. The Bible says in verse number 5 and 6, And a voice came from the throne saying, Give praise to our God, all you bondservants, those doulos, those people who said, Hey, look, I want to be his slave. <laughs> Why? Because I love him. I want to be. It's a loss. That's what believers are called. You who fear him, small and great. Then I heard something like the voice of a great multitude and like the sound of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder saying hallelujah for the Lord God, the almighty reigns for his reign. What a day that will be. You know, mankind forfeited we, we we talked about this earlier in our walk mankind forfeited the dominion that god almighty intended for us when we sinned in the garden of eden and we gave it up that dominion and as and, and as result we deal with a corrupt world and listen there's no such thing as a government that doesn't leave you wanting i don't care who is in control. There's no such thing in the gov- as, as a government on the planet, ever has been, ever will be, that satisfies completely everybody. No way. Impossible. But can I tell you one day, Jesus Christ will establish his throne? And when he establishes his throne, he will satisfy everybody on the planet. The Bible says in Psalm 23, verse number 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. (laughs) What does that mean? That means he satisfies my every need. What a day, what a day that will be when he reigns. But listen, but listen. Today he reigns in the hearts. In fact, the Bible says in John chapter 10, listen to John 10, verse number 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, But I have come so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And sometimes, when you engage people and you talk to people, it's as though they would have to say, "You know what? If if I'm going to describe my life, I, I really couldn't describe it as abundant." To which the question must be asked. Or if I'm going through good days, the good, the bad, the ugly, I still can experience abundance. Why? Because He is my life. He is my joy. He is my peace. And so, are you experiencing it today? Is He reigning and ruling in your heart? You know, the Bible says that we need to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in our hearts God raised Him from the dead. Then we will be saved. Well, there's going to be some singing happening. But let's talk about the service and what we see. The sights at the service, you're going to have a glorified groom. Let us rejoice and be glad. Verse number 7, And give glory to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, uh, bride and clean, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. And then he goes on from there. But can't you, what a day that's going to be when you have the privilege and opportunity to stand in the presence of the glorified group. To see Jesus Christ face to face. You ever think about that? <laughs> it's always interesting to me when I hear people say, Oh, I've got a question for him. <laughs> I think we will be so overwhelmed and in awe. We will be speechless to see the one who saved me, face-to-face. I mean, mean, the plans are being made. It's going to be a party. We're going to have a good time together. He says, but the bride, the believers, the church. So you got a glorified groom, but you also have a beautiful bride. Verse number 8, it was given to her to clothe herself and finally, he's not talking about salvation in and of yourselves because nobody could save themselves. We cannot save ourselves. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. We're saved by grace through faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. And so there's only one way to be saved. He's not talking about salvation on your own strength. He's just simply saying, hey, being prepared for that day. Being prepared for that day. And so it's interesting when you read through this passage of Scripture, because he says, Clothe yourself in fine linen, bright and clean. For the linen, uh, fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. And then he goes on from there. So he tells us what exactly it is. How do you get prepared? How do you Robe yourself. Well, in Scripture, uh, the Bible talks about righteousness in three different ways. Talking about believers, righteousness is talked about really in three different ways in the New Testament. Number one would be uh, uh, our our, pers- our uh, positional righteousness. Positional righteousness, and that simply means my standing before God Almighty. I am righteous. Why? Because the righteousness of Jesus Christ has been imputed to The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, and in verse number 21, it says it like this. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In other words, I have been robed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It's not because I did a lot of righteous deeds. It's because he did a righteous deed when he laid down his life on the cross. He fulfilled the law, and and his righteousness, perfect righteousness, has been imputed to me such that when I stand before God Almighty, I'm righteous, I'm justified, I've never sinned before. Why? Because my sin has been washed in the blood. It's not there anymore. So there's positional righteousness, but then there's also uh, personal righteousness. The Bible speaks to per- personal righteousness, which at the end of the day, we don't have. <laughs> I, I, I'm not righteous. In fact, the Bible says over in the book of Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter number 64, and in verse number 6, that even, even my righteousness is as filthy rags before him. I'm not righteous in and of myself, personally. Personally. Now, practically, there's some works that we do, and that's what he's talking about. And, and and it's the works that are righteous, not me that do them. It's the works that are righteous, and my righteous works will be robed on me when I get to heaven one day and that's what he's talking about right here it's the righteous works Ephesians 2 verse number 10 we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for the works that he's prepared for us in advance to do it's not just about setting out and saying I'm going to do this but rather he's leading me to do he enables me to do and so, and so along the way, what do they look like? Well, it, it, it never stops. I mean, it might be that I offered a, a, a cup of cold water to somebody on the soccer fields in Jesus' name. I mean, it might be that this morning, the Holy Spirit of God compelled me to go and just listen to somebody, to share with somebody, to encourage somebody, to sing songs of praise. I mean, where does it stop? It's just saying, hey, whatever we do in the name of Jesus Christ. Are those righteous deeds, and so and so it's about serving him along the way, preparing for that day. Let me tell you something uh, don't be a scantily clad bride, <laughs> be ready for that day, be robed. And then the Bible says, Man, what a day that's going to be! Because there's going to be a big old supper <laughs> and there's going to be some invited guests. The Bible says, Then he said to me, Right, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are true words of God. And so when I think about these things, exactly who are we talking about? I I believe we're talking about Old Testament saints. I think that's who he's talking about. And the presence of this wedding to take place with Jesus Christ and his bride. The bride being the church from, again, from the day of Pentecost until the day of the rapture. And what a day that's going to be in heaven They're all going to be there. The celebration is going to be had by all. So we're going to get there. And in that hall. In fact it's interesting when you read through scripture. I believe when you're talking about the wedding. I think there's a best man mentioned in scripture. And uh, over in the gospel of John. In John chapter number 3 verse number 29. John chapter 3 verse number 29. The Bible says it like this. John the Baptist. uh, He who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him. Rejoices greatly because the bridegroom's voice. So this joy of mine has been made full. In other words, I believe John the Baptist is going to be the best man. Can you believe what's going to happen on that day? We're going to get there, and there's going to be this celebration. And we're going to be in the same place, and we're going to have this dinner time, like a covered dish dinner, <laughs> except it's going to be good food like warm, you know what I'm saying? Not dried out. (laughs) Might even be Krispy Kremes that are fat-free, I don't know. But he doesn't talk about food. The fellowship. Abraham. Isaac and Jacob. Joseph. Elijah. Sarah. Ruth. Esther. I was thinking... About all that we're we'll going to see, and the people that are going to be there. And, and you know, I did have a thought. I did have a thought. <clears throat> if you see Martha coming, avoid her. She'll put to your work. But anyways, <laughs> all the saints will be there with the groom. What a day that will be. You know that song? What a day that will be. With Jesus, I shall see. I'm going to look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. He's going to take me by his hand, lead me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day, that will be. Are you ready for that day? Are you ready for the big day? Heaven's big day. Are you ready? Hey, first step in the preparation process is to be born again, to be saved. If you've never called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, this is not where you will be. God loves you. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God sent his son, Jesus, into this world not to condemn us, but to save us from our sins. And all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the question is: there ever been a time in your life when you recognize I cannot, I cannot, impossible to save myself. But while I was a sinner, God Almighty loved me so much, and he demonstrated his love that he laid down his life on a cross for me. Three days later, he took it up again. He's alive, and one of these days, he's coming back for his bride. Are you ready? And if you're not, I would encourage you, call on him today. Call on him today. What we're going to do is we're going to pray and sing a song as soon as the song is over. If you're here this morning, you've never called on his name, come this morning. You come. We'd love to talk with you, pray with you. You come today. Would you do me a favor and join me for a time of prayer? Father, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for this day. And Lord Jesus, for your word. We've been walking through this wonderful letter. And God, as we have walked through, we have seen... And one of these days, Lord God, we are looking forward to seeing you face to face. What a day that's going to be, God. Lord, till that day comes, I pray that you would find us faithful. God, I do pray for those that are here, whether they're in the building or online. That, Father, some have never been saved. God, I pray that today your Holy Spirit, because only you can do that, that your spirit, God, would breathe life. Oh, God, have your way today. Thank you so much, Jesus, for this day. And it's in your name that we pray these things. Amen.